Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Monday. Hope you all had a good weekend. I know I did. Packers a couple weeks away still from kicking off training camp, but that doesn't mean we're not here Monday through Friday each and every day talking Packers with Packers fans worldwide because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV. We're devoted to you folks across the globe who love the green and gold. And before I get going any further, of course, I got to give a shout out to my good friends over at Ticket King. If you want to watch the Green Bay Packers play some tackle football in 2023, head to cheeseheadtv.com, use our schedule, and you'll find individualized links to Ticket King for each and every game, home and away, preseason, regular season, it doesn't matter. Ticket King is what you want to use. And look, you don't want to use Ticketmaster. You don't want to use StubHub or SeatGeek, those national companies. You want a company based in Wisconsin since the early 90s. Ticket King is where it's at. Use CheeseheadTV.com or our app. Or hell, there's a link in the description of this video. Use Ticket King, people. You know you want to do it. And the other thing you want to do is for the next two days, running through tomorrow, you can get 20% off everything at the Cheesehead TV store. Just go to the store at cheeseheadtv.com or in the link in the description of this video. 20% off everything in the store. Use promo code SUMMERVIBES20. That's SUMMERVIBES20. 20% off every single thing. Good through tomorrow evening, all the way through Tuesday, and then it's done for the summer. So make sure you pick yourself up a All You Need Is Love t-shirt or anything else we got there in the shop. You know you want to do it, people. Hello to everybody in the comments. So good to see everybody mixing it up. I hope you all uh, took some time today or are going to take some time tonight or this week to listen to the Play Callers, the new uh, new podcast over at, the, over at The Athletic. Jordan does an amazing job getting together Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, uh, Sean McVay, and our very own Matt LaFleur to talk about their journey, uh, journeys, plural, throughout the NFL, but as specifically as head coach play callers. It's a really fascinating look behind the scenes. As you might expect, Jordan covers the Rams for The Athletic. Uh, it's pretty centric to Sean McVay's kind of journey, although there, there's a lot of Kyle there too. Of course, Mike McDaniel is the most recent head coach, so there's a little bit of him and a little bit of LaFleur, but it's very kind of McVay-centric, which I'm not surprised at. Uh, but the stuff you get from LaFleur in this thing is really interesting. And, uh, you know, it was really kind of fascinating to hear both Matt and some of these other guys talk about you know, the feelings you have as a play caller. And they were, I, I highlighted a couple uh, quotes on, on Twitter, but I, I highly recommend everybody check it out. It's a very unique way of looking at, um, you know, some really passionate talented people who work in the NFL and not just those four guys, but a number of other coaches from around the league uh, helped out. And what I kept coming away with is how interesting it is to me, how this is really the moment when Matt LaFleur finally gets to kind of step forward in his career, because look, it's fascinating to watch his journey from his time getting into the league down there in Houston with Kyle uh, and then, of course, they all these guys were on the staff at Washington uh, in 2016 or so. And, you know, then, of course, there's L.A. with McVeigh. And then he fi Matt finally gets his chance as an O.C. that one year uh, with the Titans. Uh, but even then, he was mostly unknown and uh, really collaborating and clearly just trying to 
get, basically learn on the job, so to speak, as far as being a play caller. And then he comes to Green Bay, and obviously it's a huge boon to have Aaron Rodgers in your corner, but that is an ultra-collaborative process where, you know, I don't think anybody would say you're telling tales out of school to say Aaron Rodgers has some major veto power there and major ability to shape what the offense is going to look like. Matt talks about it a little bit in the podcast. Um, and now Matt's had, you know, a number of years on the job as both a head coach and play caller. And yet for the first time, it's really going to be the stamp that he puts on this. Uh, everything kind of being flowing from him uh, in a way that really hasn't happened throughout his career. And so much so that like you're listening to this podcast and it's so funny how he definitely is, you know, no question about it. He has said many times, you know, Kyle's the one who got him up into the NFL. Sean obviously took him to LA. Like these guys have helped him forward throughout his entire career. And he, I don't think he would disagree with that assessment. But it's even interesting listening to this podcast, how he's kind of in the background, right? These other guys are the marquee guys. They've been to Super Bowls, et cetera. And now it feels like 2023 is finally the time when Matt LaFleur is going to step forward a bit out of the shadows and into the spotlight as not only the guy in Green Bay, but he has the chance to kind of be the guy nationally known for something other than the stewardship of Aaron Rodgers' final years in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and finally becoming the face of the franchise in in Green Bay as the head coach. So um, I'm obviously, you guys know, I'm very excited about this year. Um, cannot recommend this podcast enough over on The Athletic called The Play Callers. Uh, highly recommended. Really good stuff. Hello to everybody in the comment section. Ryan starting us right off with a super chat. Thank you, Ryan. Based on Barry's past defensive tendencies, I'll put the over-under at eight for the number of times Packer Man gets torn apart. For the whole season? That's pretty – I think that Pack, Packer Man is probably getting off pretty easy in that regard. But uh, we'll see. Although I will say, you know, he – Packer Man has traditionally been uh, – the tearing apart of Packer Man has been much more about uh, running the play clock down, taking – wasting timeouts and things of that nature – so if I started like tearing him apart on defense, we might really be in trouble. Uh, he might really be in trouble. Uh, we shall see. What is this? Nags, educate me on Chamura. I need to walk down memory lane. Joe Nasty, I'm not really sure this is the forum for that. Um, he was a really good football player. I'll give you that. Uh, what else we got here? Good Life Designs. What's up? Thanks for Super Chat. Hey, Nags, as training camp approaches, I'm surprised LVN is still wearing number 90. Raji could come back any day now. I'm sure something will be worked out. But yes, you're right. The door is always open for a return by BJ Raji. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see what we got. Hey, Nags is here. What's up? What's up, Randy? How you doing, man? People talking about drinking beer. I like it. Dennis, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Aaron, when can we expect to know if Stokes and Gary are starting camp on PUP? Uh, probably shortly after veterans are set to report in about two weeks. Um, usually what happens is those guys will come in and get their physicals done. Uh, you know, the training staff will take a look, et cetera. And then Matt and the training staff, medical staff will make the determination 
Uh, so I would think, you know, what is the shareholders meetings on the 24th? I believe 26 is the first practice. I would think the 25th is probably a good time to start kind of expecting that headline. Quinn, what's up? Thanks for the super chat. Hey, Nags. Ran, randomly went down a rabbit hole yesterday for an hour watching Amon Green highlights from college and NFL. That man was special. You ain't lying. Man, Amon Green was a beast. And it was his ability in every aspect of the game. I mean, clearly we do all remember how kind of powerful he was and what a good running uh, run runner with the football in his hand, you know, et cetera. But he was great in the passing game, too. He was he could take that screen. He could bust it any moment. Uh, excellent in pass protection as well. Um, yeah, he, he was incredible. He was incredible. And you guys know I've talked about it many times, but the year where Brett broke his thumb and the entire stadium knew they were running the football and he was still able to churn out yardage at basically four yards per clip. It was damn impressive. And you got to give the guys up front a ton of that credit as well. But yeah, mine was special. Very, very special. No doubt. Luke, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Good chance I might be able to go to the Vegas game. Are you going to be at that one? Uh, apparently, I might be since I know on Friday someone started a fund in lieu of the fact that now we, we no longer need a Pappy's fund. A new fund has been begun to get me to the Vegas game. Uh, I'm mostly kidding. Uh, probably not, but we'll see. Watch this space. We shall see. Ooh, Rob. Rob up here with some... Some uh, love for Donald Driver. Driver had amazing hands, definitely Hall of Fame worthy. I know there are a, there's a groundswell of Packers fans that believe Donald belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm of the opinion that uh, all-time leading receiver of the Packers, no question about his his uh, ability and commitment and talent, etc. I think he is absolutely um, one billion percent, you know, should be in the Packers Hall of Fame. As far as the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think he's got a real outside chance. I, I don't see it happening, uh, especially since there's so many names at that position in general and so many more names that will be putting up big numbers in this modern era where, you know, everything is geared towards the passing game and these receivers are going to be having an extra game to play in the regular seasons. And, you know, these numbers are just going to get Star Wars-like. And Donald eventually, you know, it's going to be really hard. Now, maybe he gets in as a senior uh, you know, a senior nominee. I have a real hard time swallowing the idea that Donald Driver might get in before Sterling Sharp, because that would be ridiculous. Um, but uh, he's got a very, very, very outside chance. I'll say that. Uh, Waria Benger, I can't say your name, but thank you for the chat. Will Love Jordan Love be playing the first half of the preseason? I think we'll see him much more than we ever saw Rodgers. Uh, Matt already talked about, you know, how things will probably undoubtedly look different in the preseason. I would suspect, yeah, we'll probably see him three, four series to start there, you know, uh, that first preseason game. Um, yeah, it's just, now that you only got three, that last one is really about evaluating all the fringe roster guys and, I got to think those first two preseason games, we'll probably see a bit more, a lot more Jordan Love than we're used to seeing the starting quarterback in Green Bay. So we'll we'll see how it shapes out, but I would be very surprised if we don't see a lot more of him. Uh, what else we got here, folks? 
<laughs> Brandy. Brandy, you're you're like right in the middle of the middle of the season stuff right here. I love the LaFleur IR tap dance pressers. Half the entertainment. Man, I got to admit, uh, Matt is way too prickly about injuries, way too secretive, way too like over the top trying to keep it all in-house, you know? Um, look, you, I understand you don't want to give anything away, and I, I get that you're, you're trying to maintain a competitive advantage and or not trying to have a disadvantage and not allowing your opponent to know things. I get all that. But man, at some point, like the dude's got a broken toe or a broken thumb or a, you know a problem with his knee or whatever. Like you can just say he's got an issue with his knee. You can just say that, you know. Um, and I also know the fun part of, you know, availability. That's always like, well, you think he's going to be good to go? Well, he's better on Thursday than he was on Wednesday. I get how that can probably get really annoying if you're the person at the podium. Um, so I somewhat understand the desire to give us little information as possible i like and just cut it off at the at the pass so to speak but um it does feel and that's not really just a matt thing that's kind of nfl coaches in general um, although i will say i did kind of appreciate how mccarthy went about it he, he was a little more cagey and a little more fun with it but i understand like i said how it can probably get annoying no doubt uh Kerry, what's up? Nags, we still have so-called talking heads saying that the Packers will pick up a veteran QB. It seems we could spend capital elsewhere. Could we really see someone with the money, worth the money? Um, I think it's just that dead period of the calendar, man, where people are just talking about anything and everything to fill time until camp starts. And is there a possibility that they might call a veteran quarterback? Sure, there's a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but I know someone had put it out there yesterday or two days ago about the possibility of picking up Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that's a name you've heard a lot throughout the off season. I'm still not completely dismissing that idea, but I'd be surprised. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I tend to think they're going to let Etling and Clifford come into camp and battle it out for the second spot. And that'll probably be how it goes down, but I'd be, you'd be foolish to say it's impossible or they never do it because man, the history of this league is littered with, you know, not only surprising moves, but moves born out of necessity. If they think, oh boy, uh, we don't really like what we see here from these guys, these first 10 days of camp or whatever, then they might make that call. So yeah, I, I think a lot of it is just, you know, filler this time of season, but you can't dismiss the possibility completely. Oh, Rob, Rob, controversy. Uh, is it possible we cut DeGuara before the season starts? Uh, yeah, I guess it's possible if he comes into camp and stinks it up. Definitely a possibility. Do I see that happening? No. But uh, why do I get the sense that this is probably contract related in your question? Like people always trying to cut a few guys, save a few million that they don't have to spend. I'll never quite understand that. But uh, yeah, could it? happen sure that could kind of almost happen with anybody though i mean you come into camp and you're not playing up to snuff and they got other young guys doing the job better for cheaper then yeah of course there's a possibility that that happens but i tend to think you know deguara has been in this system now for a number of years and is the old man in the room suddenly and i don't think they're just gonna cut bait but like i said if he doesn't perform it's possible we'll see <laughs> you guys are hilarious a fun tracking fund should be next 
That's a good idea. Uh, New York Chiefs had no big dog, still not on the team. Uh, in fact, he has no team at the moment. He is still a free agent. <laughs> See, I love this. Kai, well, DeGora should be cut. Another reach in the draft. We need to cut bait. See, I don't understand this. You've already made the investment. You've made the investment and you've developed him. It doesn't matter where he was drafted, especially years on. Who cares where he was drafted? I don't care if he was drafted first overall. At this point, you're three, four years into this thing. It doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. All that matters is what he does when he's on the football field with the opportunities he's been given. And so far, with the opportunities that he's been given, he's done exactly what's been asked of him. Now, if he gets out there and is part or supposed to be a major component of the passing game this year and doesn't deliver, then yeah, you start thinking about cutting bait. But why on earth would you just cut a guy to cut a guy because you used a third round pick on him? That makes zero sense. That's your brain on the draft industrial complex, my friend. You got to quit that stuff, man. Join us here in the real world. That It just makes zero sense to cut a guy just because, oh, they picked him in the third round and I expected a big fantasy football performer. That ain't how the NFL works, man. Especially not in successful teams. You guys getting me going. Ryan, what's up, man? Thanks for Super Chat. Sterling belongs in the Hall of Fame. If it wasn't for injuries, Sterling would probably still be the Packers' all-time leading wide receiver. I don't disagree, man, especially when Favre was thrown to him because Favre just wouldn't throw to anybody else. Uh, would have definitely piled up all the numbers. No doubt about it. Um, win or lose, LaFleur gives his players a chance to a fault. Brandy, don't disagree. And I think there's some truth to that, you know, completely kind of 360 with Matt when it comes to either his players or his coaches, right? I've talked about this a couple of times here. I think the one area of concern when you look at LaFleur's tenure so far is, you know, his desire to really kind of commit and believe in people to a fault, you know? I mean, the obvious example here is Amari Rogers, uh, but you could probably make that case for the last special teams coordinator. You could probably make that case for a couple other players. Maybe you might make that case next year about his defensive coordinator, you know? So I do think, yeah, that's, I'm not even going to call it a bit of a blind spot, but it's, it's, it's something that could hinder him as a coach. I do not disagree. Um, but now that said, he's won a lot of games, right? He has been pretty damn successful so far as a young head coach in the NFL. And he wants to do it his way. Most NFL coaches do, right? In fact, I met an NFL coach who says, no, please, let's do it everybody else's way. Uh, you are the head guy. This is how you want to go about it, right? This is, how, this is the stamp you want to put on things. And this is how you want the program to be run, that you are in charge of. So with that in mind, it's like, I get it. Like, if you're going to win... You want to win your way and you want to be, you know, a representative of, okay, they won a lot and this is how they did it. They did it Matt's way and he's going to get the credit when they win and he's going to get blamed when they lose. So why not do it the way you want to do it rather than trying to kowtow and do it everybody else's way. And like everybody says you should do this and do that. And like, then you're still going to get the credit or the blame, but it's not going to be anything resembling the way you wanted to go about it. So I, like I get, I get it. And I'm actually, I, you guys know I'm a big Matt fan. And one of the reasons 
I keep going on about Matt LaFleur is awesome and things like that in the offseason and the regular season when things are tough. Like I clearly come on here in season, off season, whatever. And I have my kind of fun banter type things with Matt as far as, you know, play calling and game planning and decisions and timeout wasting and all that stuff. But the 30,000 foot view is I think Matt's a pretty damn good young coach who's now had a number of years on the job to learn at an insanely high level. And now he's ready to like start a new chapter where I really hope he comes to the fore and flourishes. And if, and when that happens, he's going to be able to look back and point to things and say, yeah, I made those decisions and some of them were wrong. Some of them were right, but it was always my decision. And it's always reflected of who I am. And that's kind of great. I love that. You know, and I've been in both situations. I've been in situations professionally where I've made decisions that were second guessed or whatever and eroded internally because of internal dynamics. And I've also been in situations, mostly at Cheesehead TV, where I've gotten to say, no, we're doing it this way and this is the way I want to do it. And things have come and gone and things, things have been, you know, gone really well and things have not gone so well. But I've been able to kind of turn around and go, well, you know what? I'm proud of that. And I had to learn from that. Because those are the things I wanted to do. And I think that's the place where Matt is in his professional career. And I think that's great. I think it's a really good thing. It's a really healthy thing, too. Uh, <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Uh, yeah, Professor Cakes knows what's up. How you doing, man? Uh, Del Eros, do you think this seasoning Goody's head is a little, let's see what we got, throw the rookies and young guys in the deep end and see who swims? I don't think it's quite that overt, but I do think there is a bit of, um, yeah, there's a lot of young talent, right? And your hope is that it all develops. Of course, not all of it is going to. That's just the law of averages. That's just life in the NFL. But I do think there is a sense of, you know, he's admitted some of the thinking on offense is get very young, kind of reset and let them grow together, right? Which is a great idea in theory. But we all know there's going to be bumps along the road and things are going to have to be adjusted. But yeah, I do think there's a little bit of, okay, we're taking a lot of swings, right? They picked up a lot of people in this draft, um, this year's draft and last year's draft, uh, especially on offense, a lot of young talent that, yeah, law of averages would tell you some some of that will develop and shine and grow, and some of it probably will be stunted and not work out, and you'll have to kind of fill the gaps as you go along. But yeah, I think th there's there's an element of truth to what you're saying there. Um, but I don't think it's like we're gonna throw a bunch of shit against the wall and see what sticks. I don't think that's quite it. Um, but I do admit the yeah, there's a sense that you you really have a plan of okay, we're gonna let this young core grow together. But in the NFL, you're always kind of patching holes and fixing things and um, dealing with unexpected either guys who do develop a little quicker or, or flash in, in ways maybe you weren't expecting. But at the same time, you're also dealing with guys who you really expected him to take a step forward and he doesn't and he plateaus or even worse, takes a step back. That's the constant game. And that's what, you know, Brian talks about when he says it's a 365, you know, day a year job. You're always kind of adjusting and dealing with stuff and trying to bolster your roster and fix things. That's always ongoing. So, um, like I said, a little bit of truth to what you're saying there, though. Definitely. Oh, Brandy, why you got to be depressing? 
1999 babies are now in the NFL. Why, why, why do you gotta do that to me? Why, why, why you gotta do that? Uh, all of the big three contracts end in two years, correct? MLF, Goody, MM, Curiosity, not wanting them gone or anything. Uh, well, they both, uh, they both, all three of them, uh, Lafleur, Goody, and Ball signed five-year extensions last offseason. So uh, they're one year in on their new year extension, on their new extensions. So they've got uh, four years remaining. Just about time for beer in the home run derby. There you go, Aaron. Nothing more American than that. I like it. <laughs> uh, I'm in my mid-30s, says Matt Osborne. My hatred for the Cowboys is deep. Those 90s Cowboys were the worst. Dude. My dude. Those 90s Cowboys fueled so much hatred in my life. I've tried to get to a point as a grown-up, as a human being, where I can look back at that and say, you know, it just made me a better person, right? Like I dealt with all those frustrations and now the Packers have won a Super Bowl since then. And uh, they've beaten the Cowboys plenty of times with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And I like to think I've shed those demons, but I tell you what, every time I see Jerry Jones face, it all comes raging back to me. Or if I see a highlight of Michael Irvin pushing off some Packers defender in the end zone, it all comes flooding back. Man, those 90s Cowboys, I hated them. Oh, I hated them. I'm talking hate. I'm underlining hate here. And I don't try to use the word hate a lot, but man, I hated those fucking teams. All right, buddy. I got shit going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.